Welcome to Mouthful. I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Mouthful is a podcast about food, culture, and the makers of the world. As promised, here is the Mouthful Word of the Week. Gastronome. G-A-S-T-R-O-N-O-M-E. Gastronome. The definition is a connoisseur of good food, gourmet, or epicure. Mouthful is sponsored by CCF Documentation. Let CCF develop your e-learning or instructional video training. From training assessment to course creation and LMS administration, CCF is your one-stop training resource. Check them out at ccfdocumentation.com. I know last week I promised that I'd be talking to Dr. Maurice McBride. Something came up. Adam Schlegel from Snooze came up. Adam's coming on to talk about slow food nations. Adam is the co-founder of Snooze. And in case you don't know what Snooze is, Snooze is a breakfast restaurant. They call it an AM eatery. It's funky, it's hip, it's good food, and it likes to source local food for its menu. One of the things you'll find out about me is I absolutely love going out to breakfast. I usually start getting really excited the night before when my husband says, hey, we should go out to breakfast. I'm like, oh, I can get pancakes. No, I'm going to have more pancakes. No, I'm going to go have French toast. No. And I spend all night trying to figure out what I'm going to have. Breakfast is one of the pure joys in my life. Now back to Adam. Adam is joining me to talk about slow food nations. Now let's talk to Adam Schlegel, co-founder of Snooze. Adam, tell me what Slow Food Nation is. Slow Food Nations is a festival that takes place July 19th through the 21st. And it, you know, it's kind of tagged as this like uh, a food festival for all. So Slow Food um, USA and, and even its international branch is all geared around good, clean and fair food. Um, and Slow Food Nations is, is this like weekend culmination of it. It's a celebration. Um, it's really, you know, a primarily free festival that tries to invite as many people, family, friends, all the communities to come out together and, and celebrate our, our food system for what it is and, and certainly for what it could be. It's basically like an international food festival. And it's where you're taking traditional food, but kind of modernizing it. We were talking off the air about an event I attended last year, and it was a tortilla making class yep. or demonstration. And the lady who was making the tortillas had been were was making the tortillas the way her family before her did and the generation before and the generation before but she was in modern times and she was with with Rick Bayless who was going on about all the ancient corn and all that so you really are bringing tradition into the modern age where is this so it takes place in Larimer Square um, and essentially kind of from 14th all the way down to the 15th and, um, the entire Larimer kind of stretch and it stretches out across this whole, um, you know, the whole street, the whole, whole mass. And in that you have like taste marketplace, you have a, a kitchen demonstrations. There are a number of like pop-ups and events that take place on the square. There's the taste marketplace. Um, there's the kids zones, there's the, the food growing zones, but it all takes place like in the heart of, you know, what really is one of our, our gems of, of our culinary and, and food scene um, right downtown. In Larimer Square. In Larimer Square. And there are off-site events also, but it's mainly on Larimer Square. 
and it's very well organized. You don't have to dodge cars to get to one side like to, to the so. other. Uh, the marketplace is what's really fascinating. You have places from all over the country that participate in this. And the world. You know, I think we're, you know, the, the goal is to continue to evolve this. This, you know, idea really kind of uh, spurred from an event called Terra Madre, which is put on by Slow Food International. It takes place every two years in Turin, Italy. Uh, draws over a million people to it. I was fortunate to go to it last year. I mean, it was, if you're a food geek, you have to put this on your list of things to do. So we uh, have helped try to evolve this whole space this year. And so you really should be walking through almost this idealistic uh, of food and, and market hall where you're walking through and the sights and the smells and, and the interaction and, and obviously the tastes are, are prevalent. And so the whole event should just be, uh, you know, walking through this very food-driven, wonderful festival. One of the places that I'm really looking forward to actually sampling is the Lemon Girl. Are you familiar with her? She no, please, please share. You, you, you know all about this. I know this all great. about this. I'm just like, I should be asking you the questions. <laughs> One of the things that I really enjoy about this festival is you don't feel that people are snooty or like, well, I'm a foodie, so you shouldn't be here. It's very down to earth, and you're trying to make people aware of slow food. 100%. Yeah, it's... um. You know, I think food has kind of gone in this evolution where it, um, for a while we just blindly ate it and didn't really ask questions. Uh, and then it went through this rocket ship where everybody was talking about tweezers and, and you know, finest little touches. And now I think it's food is, is kind of pervasive and it's just gotten better. And I think, you know, the transparency and the understanding of food has made it uh, important for everyone. And so now you can come to this festival and just as you're saying, it's it's approachable and so you know my two little boys that will come down to this will put their hands in the dirt and they will understand you know where their fruits and vegetables come from and they'll have you know a chance to hear someone like Pierre Tom talk about like ancient grains in, in Africa and how those have impacted not only his community but also are kind of the futures of food so being able to make food accessible when it's so often done in these far-off agricultural places um, outside of our city center we want to bring it because food is food is culture, um, and that's I think what is so special about slow foods and why so many people in the, in the food community here in Denver and throughout are so excited that this is this is uh, taking place in our home, Denver. And I think Denver's in the forefront of this movement. I've always felt that way when I travel to other places; they're coming along, but we've had it here for so long that I'm kind of used to it, and I feel out of place when I go someplace and you're like, "You don't know? Oh, okay." So do you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, again, I think uh, Denver has really started to understand its roots. You know, we've always had a really strong agricultural community, um, but it's taken some some real trailblazers from it. Obviously, Alex Seidel is um, of that notion, Paul Riley and Caroline Glover, and a lot of these chefs that have really understood that the best way to cherish the, the plate and the food is to really respect the ingredients. And so our farming and ranching community is is profound and has so many different in impacts here, whether it's Colorado lamb, certainly everyone knows melons and corn, but the potatoes, the onion, the garlic, the leaf mushrooms. lettuce. Like, we have several mushroom farms in Colorado, which and a lot of wild, people don't know that. everywhere. And there's wild ones yes. everywhere that the best chefs will never tell you where they found it. <laughs> but lo and behold, they're on their menu. Well, there's the movement to forage also. You can go to the botanic gardens and take classes on how to forage. Yeah, and again, I mean, that's, the fun part about these events in the Slow Food Nations is 
you're bringing in these chefs that have all these traditions and they, and they have spent the time and the energy to it. And, and they just have such a passion for what they do. And so to be able to come to an event for three days and see, you know, just world-class chefs and producers and, and farmers and ranchers all under one space who are there to share because they love what they do. They're passionate and they think that once that passion is with you, it's infectious and, and it'll change the way that you approach food and, and respect food and, and also just enjoy it. You know, yeah. that's what food, that's the beauty of food. It brings us all together and it's such an enjoyable opportunity. And it's something that you share and it just comforts people and it's nurturing and it's part of our culture. If I don't know what your ethnicity is, but I am Irish. I know that's a shock. <laughs> and food was always a big part of our family get togethers. And it still is part of the, our family get togethers. My fa- my grandfather was a firefighter and he cooked for the fire station, oh, wow. which I thought that was kind of fascinating. I mean, they wouldn't have been able to eat if my grandfather wasn't cooking. Tell us about Slow Food Nation, where it's at, what time. So it's July 19th through the 21st, and it's essentially full-day festivals um, kind of throughout. So, again, there's over 100 different events that take place, the majority of them free. So, you know, it's one thing we want to continue to emphasize, and we talk about how this is for everyone, is you should be able to come down with your families and enjoy, you know, your children interacting and, you know, grab some samples and bites and, you know, maybe try a new product and catch a cooking demo. And, and then if you want to, in the evenings, there are some um, events that take place like the Colorado fair on Friday night. This will be the third year in a row for it, where it's again, really a celebration of what we do great in Colorado from farmer rancher to actual chefs and producers on Saturday night. There's a new event um, called um, fire. I'm missing the name of it. Um, Help me, help me, help me. Words, food over fire. It's funny because Chuck is doing it and I can't even remember. <laughs> um, but that's also the celebration of grilling and, and just the open fire cooking and all of the different elements. So we have all these great chefs from all over that are going to be experimenting with that. Um, and then the final night, you know, we have our zero waste dinner, which actually works on um, collaborating all of the excess food that was created over the weekend. And you get these, you know, 10 to 20 chefs creating this multi-course meal at the end of this uh, event uh, that really celebrates ingenuity and then also um, the sustainability and environmental impact that we can have with food. So no matter what time you come down, you're, you're guaranteed to be around food and, and entertainment and learn if you want to and just eat and drink if you want to and, and have have a grand old time. And partake of the free samples. And there's everything. I think a lot of people think slow food and they think vegetables and fruit only. And I know last year when I attended the festival, there was a lot of sausage yeah, and a lot of grain and a lot of chocolate, which I was very happy about. And you also have unique things like pumpkin seeds, the heirloom pumpkin seeds, uh, backyard soda. And so it's just not what people think. It's not all vegetables and we're going to. No, this is not a granola festival. Yeah. Uh, Granola. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) You know, this is it's slow food is, is the appreciation of, of all the products that make up agriculture. And so, you know, one of the forefronts is, is proteins is, is poultries and, and meats and, and all of the other aspects to it. And and there'll actually be, you know, a lot of people um, from that, uh, the agriculture side and, and the maritime side to talking about our fisheries and what are the best ways to protect all of those elements. 
a cohesive, good agricultural system actually needs all of these elements. We need the meats as much as the vegetables, as much as the insects, as much as all of these right. things to cohesively make agriculture work, our environment really work. And so um, chefs love to showcase pork. Um, <laughs> and there's always a, a new fish that no one has ever heard of that's maybe been caught in Patagonia for many years. That it, It's this opportunity to celebrate that. But in the same instance, how can we also showcase how delicious vegetables are right. um, and that there are always ways to kind of push and pull that. So carnivorous, vegetarian, <laughs> vegan um, food, you know, food in all its glorious ways is what's showcased. Well, for more information, they can go to slowfoodnations.org. And before we continue, tell people what slow food is. I think we just kind of started in on the interview and we never really explained what slow food was. Sure. So um, slow food, again, it, it, it started in Italy uh, at the steps of the, um, the Spanish steps. Um, and it was kind of a throwback against fast food that was rapidly coming into Italy. And so it was this, you know, in Italy, they've always had such a great appreciation for sitting and eating and thinking about food. Slow Food USA brings those uh, traits and qualities uh, over and tries to really work across a network. Um, so there are different networks within each city across the United States that focuses on anything from a festival to um, garden programs to educations to um, book talks. Slow Food USA is really just focused around how do we make food accessible um, for everyone. It's a grassroots movement that believes that food should be good, clean, and fair. They also have a seed swap, which I find is interesting. Yeah, they have, um, you know, if you go on the slowfoodnations.org website, you actually see something called the Ark of Taste. And this is essentially a number of ingredients that have been identified that are, you know, indigenous and, and really being lost out. These, you know, these are um, endangered species of food. And so they constantly work with either food banks, or seed banks, um, and they really work with chefs on how to bring out some of these ingredients that um, have amazing tastes, often a lot of medicinal uh, and just bountiful ideas than uh, a lot of the monocrop that has uh, proliferated in our food system for a while. There's there's so much to food. I remember going to Italy and, and learning from some of the venters down there. They said that there's over 8,000 different grape varietals in Italy alone. So if you think about that and the three wines that we know and just think about how many different tastes and flavors are right. out there and and that's the same with grains and, and that's the same with poultry and, and vegetables and, on and on and on, you know, the meat that eats the grass. And right. there's, I know over in Ireland that they've gotten so fine in their taste with their lamb and their cow that you can tell which pasture that this meat is coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the nice thing about slow food. And I was going to say fun thing, but I actually think it is kind of fun. It is good for the environment. It is good for you, but it's also taste. It's the taste we're looking at. You can tell that this tomato was grown at the organic farm down the street from you, as opposed to the ones that's coming from California, even California. Yep. Um, the meat we can talk about. I can talk about local meat forever. You can really tell the difference. One of the um, sayings I won't get it verbatim, but Carla Petrini, who is the founder of Slow Food, you know, always says. Um, if you want to change the world, do it with joy. And, you know, that that is, I think, the setting when it comes to food is this is celebration. It's It shouldn't be you versus me. It shouldn't be off-putting. 
um, we can all approach it. And, and indeed, that's the best way to actually come together as a community is when we can all sit at a table and break bread and, and have that understanding and appreciation for it. So, you know, I thank my lucky stars all the time that this is actually the business that I get to do because I get to be in the business of enjoyment and, and nourishment and, and fun. Um, and I think the Slow Food Nations uh, represents it just about better than any any organization or event I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. During the Slow Food Nations, you also are having these events called Meet the Makers. And the reason <laughs> is because you have some really good stuff. You have Fortuna Chocolate that's doing it. You have some honey but my and syrup. Don't forget the maple syrup. Never but my syrup. favorite is the Rocky Mountain Micro Ranch. And I would like you to have tell people what that is. Are we talking about the insect ranch? We are talking about the insect ranch. Um, I'm going to forget the, the name of the lady. Um, and I, forgive me, uh, for doing that. Cause I've spoken with a number of times, but, um, I'll tell you one of the trendsetters and, and true believers in what should happen. And I know a lot of strict environmentalists who agree with this. So insects, uh, widely eaten all over the world, uh, without side of the United States, um, has a tremendous source of protein is, is pretty low environmental impact. Um, and most times out of not, if you've left this country, you've probably eaten one mm-hmm. or you've gone on a motorcycle ride. Either way, Rocky mountain, uh, micro ranch really just tries to help build up the notion that, you know, insects are delicious or tasty and mm-hmm. also a, a really thoughtful way of approaching some of the environmental impacts that come from our traditional proteins. The world is flooded right now with like new ways to get protein, whether it's a mm-hmm. different milk source or a different yogurt source or a different, it's all being invented. I mean, impossible burger is not a burger. It's mm-hmm. this. And so you take notions like this in the, in um, Rocky mountain ranch and, and see how they're trying to approach it. Um, and it's one of those instances, like if you've ever gone to a, a market in Thailand and, and had the insect and said that actually wasn't that bad, um, it's the same situation here where you kind of get over the phobia. I see this with my eight-year-old child every day when he approaches just a cucumber um, and say, well, look. I'm with him. I don't care for cucumbers either. <laughs> but lo and behold, this can be delicious and mm-hmm. it has a lot of thoughtfulness. And chances are the last time you approached any vegetable as an adult, you had that same look and it might've changed things. So really fun. Well, I believe there's a company here that's actually making like protein bars out of cricket and I've had them and they don't taste any different than you would have just a regular protein bar that has all kinds of flour and sugar in it. But the nice thing about this cricket meal that's becoming popular is that it's gluten-free and that's where they're trying to really push it into that market. The more that you can, um, I think appeal to the number of different diets and, and, um, you know, people are eating less carbs or or less sugar. Um, and there are ways that we can approach those products in different ways. And so again, it's all trying to find this, this better balance, but I do really appreciate and certainly at like this entrepreneurial level that so much of the mentality is, is really like good for the planet as well as good for business. 
Don't you just feel smarter when you're listening to this? I know I do. The free stuff on this site is really, really good. But you'll also love the stuff that comes with your premium membership. Just $4.99 a month because we want it to be accessible to everyone. And let's face it, we spend way more than that on a coffee. And it hardly helps you have a fabulous life like we do. Join today at ladieschitchatclub.com. That's ladieschitchatclub.com. We're going to make your life better. So we'd really appreciate the help. Oh, and there are no commercial breaks. Let's get back to what we we're doing now. Um, and so approaching those things is this like really big win-win. Um, that's what you get to see again at Slow Food Nations. You go to that taste marketplace is like meet the producer, meet the person who came up with this idea and they came up with it because they believe in it, because they wanted to change the food system because it's delicious. Um, not because it's the next great CPG brand, um, but because they believe in what they're doing and the power of food. So, And they're but, very friendly and they'll answer all your questions. So don't be afraid to start asking questions like, why would I eat bugs? You know? Don't be afraid to ask anyone there. I mean, mm-hmm. the we have this kind of local thing called the Kitchen Cabinet. Uh, it's over 30 members of our food community. And we've all been volunteering uh, once a month for a number of hours and a number of hours outside of that. It's all volunteer from all people who are really busy um, because they believe in this festival. They believe what it can do for our city. We would love to see it be Terra Madre someday. Like it should bring hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world to celebrate food and, and Denver. Um, and we like what we do and, and it's approachable. And so I hope that everybody feels really comfortable to talk to Caroline Glover, um, who's just a, a wonderful person and, and be able to understand how she came to the conclusions that she did and what was her inspiration and, work with so many of the folks that are there. It's just, um, yeah, food folks. We're pretty approachable. We're pretty approachable. I do. I do agree with that. You're willing to share your, not your secrets, but you're willing to help people if they have a, if they're trying to create something, I'm like, I just can't get this. And you're like, well, this is what I do. And that's one thing I've always really enjoyed about the food culture here in Colorado. One of the things that is happening at slow food nations is there's going to be, a workshop and it's the sweet source of chocolate. I am so looking forward to that, Adam. I am so looking forward to that. I agree. You are looking forward to that. I am. I've, if, from, <laughs> yeah. from the get go. I know you said you did, you met with Fortuna folks I last, did, year. last year. They're special at what they do. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery product for a lot of folks. I mean, as so many things are, people don't, you know, having gone to those like depths, all the individual right. ingredients on how to do it. But how right. many, how many ingredients do you have in your chocolate that you make? Three. Three. It's just three. And a lot of people are like, and you take these three and get it to this. Like, yep, I do. Yep. And there's just a process. And the same with Fortuna. In fact, some of the methods I use now, Fortuna has given me. So, and people can go to a lot of different workshops at Slow Food Nations. What are some of the, do you know some of the workshops off the top of your head? Off the top of my head? Well, the one I always love um, and try to get into is the fermentation ones. Um, oh, wow. Because I just... I love that art. I love the the art of preservation. You know, mm-hmm. Colorado has a good agricultural system, but we get a, most of our abundance, you know, in July and August. Mm-hmm. Um, and the preservation of food that that can last throughout, and just to know like the history um, and and how many of these things were were built around actually sub- civilizations elongating. Mm-hmm. You know, their growing season, and it's been revived. And you know how it's good for for digestion and how it's good obviously for the elongation and just the flavor profiles that come out of it um i think are exceptional 
Um, and then there's a few on uh, fermentation and beer. And I always like beer. <laughs> um, and I certainly don't think, you know, say slow food nations, but within food, beer is food because I am German by heritage. Um, and well, I'm Irish, so, yes. you know. <laughs> uh, and my brother spends lots of time in Italy. So for him, <laughs> wine is food. Um, and I do think just that, like, collaboration of mm-hmm. all of those kind of products or projects makes some pretty exciting times. Well, I know cheese was kind of created to preserve milk because people had all this milk and it was going bad and they're like, Hey, what can we do with this? And ta-da cheese, which is also my second favorite food, I would say on top of chocolate. I'm sure beer was a mistake until they realized the magic of it. But, um, you know, even like the, the tonics, kombucha, kombucha mm-hmm. is my wife's new beer. Um, and just to see the different types of tonics that have come into the market and flooded, certainly we see it anytime we we shop anywhere. And so there'll be another, um, you know, market and, and like um, a presentation on uh, the kombuchas and the tonics that are made and how those are actually created. And so anyone that is um, caught that trend, I mean, there are full-blown kombucha bars that like have taps mm-hmm. without beer, which is weird. Um, fully, you know, for that is, you know, just to be able to understand all of those different elements there. It's pretty great. Well, I always assumed beer was created because at the time it was created, water was so nasty and there was all kinds of parasites and they didn't know how to clean up their water and they were getting sick from the water. So the beer was created so they didn't get sick because they, they did back when it was created, they drank it like water. Yeah. I mean, I think the hot toddies work. (laughs) Yes, it does. Illnesses and whiskey, and lo and behold, I feel great. I, call I don't see what the problem I, is. I call that Irish NyQuil. <laughs> a hot toddy is always an Irish NyQuil for me. How can people help with Slow Food Nation? You know, we are three weeks away, 18 days away from Slow Food Nation. So the way you can help is to come. Um, the way you can help is to... Um, tell your friends and your family, and if you're involved in your PTSA or your church or a number of folks, we really want to emphasize the fact that this is so approachable and it's a, just a fun weekend. So if you've been to the Chalk Art Festival in Larimer Square, it's a great example of coming down just to celebrate artists and being outside and, and it's not free and it's not pretentious, but you just come because you're in Colorado and this is a very special thing to be a part of it. Um, there are certainly a number of events. There are some ticketed events where if you are into food and you like parties, um, you should definitely line up to come to it. The, the food over fire, uh, as I mentioned, the Colorado fair, um, the zero waste dinner will sell out, should sell out. We should do that every weekend. It's such a <laughs> <every> special, <laughs> special, um, night. Um, the best way to help is, is to do that. And, you know, kind of in doing that, you're also doing, the best thing for food, which is voting with your dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want to change the food system, we do need to realize that real food costs real money. Um, and that this is a way to really bring those uh, priorities and ideals together to say that um, food and the agriculture and environment and fun and taste and all of those things go hand in hand um, and be a part of, of that food movement for what you want to feed yourself and for your family and the future generations. And for more information, people can go to slowfoodnations.org. And before I let you go, we have to talk about snooze. We never, we have never even mentioned who you were at the beginning of the interview. Mystery. Just, <laughs> just real quick, tell us about snooze. 
Sure. I'm going to throw a plug in for Chuck, too, at the end of it. Okay, uh, that's fine. Um, so Snooze uh, is a breakfast and uh, lunch restaurant. Uh, started here in Denver back in 2006. Thank you very much. Uh, my brother and I started my brother's idea. He needs all credit. Um, and we really focus on kind of bringing more energy and, and enthusiasm to that AM time. So you've got pancakes, but they're pineapple upside down pancakes or sweet potato with uh, bourbon, pecan, caramel, um, and Benedict's galore and all of this fun enthusiasm and bright energy and music and cocktails. Uh, cocktails. I feel like I'm going to say that too many times <laughs> in this interview and uh, get flagged. Um but Snooze has been around since 2006. We've been fortunate to grow quite a bit. Um, there's a number of them around, uh, but a nice, wholesome Colorado company that uh, very proud to have been there from the get-go. Certainly a company that uh, prides itself on being a people, a planet, uh, as addition to running a sound business um, kind of place. And you really promote local you do source a lot of your food locally. We do. I mean, we've been working with, I always like mentioned Polidori sausage. Like, you know, we, they went to the same high school that we went to down in Littleton um, or Tenderbelly or, um, you know, there's a morning fresh dairy in Noosa back when it started. We were one of the first people to actually ever carry Noosa when we opened up in Fort Collins. So certainly understanding who grows uh, well in our, in our environments. And now that we've actually grown outside of Colorado to keep that traditions growing, but also making sure that we focus more importantly on the responsibility of food, that we don't put artificial ingredients and preservatives in there, that we do know where our food came from, that we visited our farm, that, um, you know, we have a responsibility as a restaurant to, to try to pay it forward. Um, and I think, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm very proud to see how Snooze has continued to usher that on as we continue to grow now. And I mean, we opened in North Carolina last week. Wow. Uh, but to continue to actually have that is amazing. Do you source locally at the different locations? Like I know you're in Austin. Do you source locally around Austin to feed the Austin store? As much as we can. Um, you know, I mean, there are constraints on things that can do. A lot of it, like um, breads are, are much easier and certainly not a product we want to get frozen to it. Certainly when the produce session is inside, we're able to do as much as possible. Um, drinks are done as much as possible. So, and you know, it's even trying to work within the different proteins, um, that we try to do those similar things in North Carolina. We've been there for a year. And one of the first things we do is try to help figure out who our partners can be, um, in setting that up. So it's, it's a lot of work, um, but it's enjoyable. And, you know, again, we feel fortunate to be part of a community. And, and part of that is really celebrating what a community does well. Um, and each community, has a unique flavor and, uh, and profile to it. Do your menus reflect that? Um, you know, our, our menus reflected in the way that, you know, we'll list different purveyors um, based on each different region. So a menu here in the Denver Tech Center um, will look by and large as far as the menu, um, the, the list of items um, as the one in Austin. But on the back, when we illustrate some of the purveyors and even some of the communities, because we, we, you know, we give 1% of all of our um, revenue back to our community. So our community partners, um, are highlighted because they're Austin, they're, you know, Charlotte, they're San Antonio, they're Phoenix partners, as opposed to universal, what we do here in Denver. Is it just the location down here or the other locations? You're also involved with a lot of community gardens. Yeah. Um, we actually do a lot of work with slow foods. Um, you know, we Snooze is actually uh, helping sponsor Slow Food Nations this year, but for a number of years, we've always been involved in their school garden projects. That's actually how I got involved with Slow Food about 10 years ago. 
because um, they have one of the best school garden education programs in the country. Um, and so we've always tried to do a lot of work within them. Denver Urban Gardens always do a tremendous amount of work with Doug because they're just Doug and they're, they're awesome. awesome. <laughs> um, and then up in Boulder and the Grow Foundation, um, you know, each year we have Pancake Day. Uh, National Pancake, Pancake Day. Day. We love Pancake Day. Uh, sometimes people call it Fat Tuesday, but we call it Pancake Day. Well, you do kind of meld the two. Yeah, but it got done for us. We didn't make it up. <laughs> um, and then, so we give proceeds. Um, all the pancakes that are sold that day go to benefit a local garden. Um, and then usually in April when the weather starts to turn a little bit, not this year, but um, we have our whole teams go out and they really help like rebuild and, and start to seed and, and refertilize the soil to go out there and help build the garden. So um, great way for us to put our hands in the dirt, you know, realize where the food came from and, and connect back with our communities. And if people need more information on snooze, where you're at and all that, what's your website? We are snoozeatery.com. So two E's in the middle there. Snooze Eatery. Well, thanks for everything you do. It's awesome, Adam. It's a pleasure. And again, I will throw out my my new little creation with my buddy Alex Seidel, who with Fruition and Mercantile, about six months ago, we opened up a, a chicken shop called Chook, uh, which is just a neighborhood takeaway chicken shop. So everything's cooked over charcoal, uh, delicious salads and sides and vegetables, and just really good, wholesome, easy to take home, a delicious you know meal by a James Beard Award winning chef. Um, and, <laughs> and then does also a lot really of comfortable. the ingredients come from his farm. Yeah. We get, you know, most of the cheeses are from there. You know, his growing season is, is, you know, rapidly taking off right now. So we're able to get a number of uh, products from there right now. So certainly done with a lot of the ethos that Alex has always carried. And we've tried our best to carry it snooze as well of, um, sourcing responsibly tasty and, and local is, is, you know, as often as possible. Um, which is more and more possible these days in Denver. Uh, whenever we can. Well, thank you for being with me today, Adam. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. For more information about Slow Food Nations, please visit slowfoodnations.org. I hope to see you there. I plan on spending the whole weekend there. I'll probably be hanging around that chocolate that I talked about. The next time on Mouthful, I promise we will talk to Dr. Maurice McBride. Mouthful is brought to you by CCF Documentation. Are you looking to get your new employees trained quicker and with better consistency? Is your technical documentation a mess? Then CCF Documentation is the place for you. Specializing in aligning your technical documentation and employee training, CCF is at the forefront of providing effective and measurable training outcomes, customized to your company culture at a price that will fit your budget. Whether you are looking to create a company-wide e-learning training program or you want to create training content for your customers, CCF Documentation has the solution you need. Contact CCF at ccfdocumentation.com. Thanks to the Ladies Chit Chat Club and look for my fellow podcasters like the Femba Ninja. Cheryl combines her martial art training with everyday life situations. And look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and feel free to contact me at mouthfulthepodcast at gmail.com. With Mouthful, I'm Lori Lynn Barker, and stay fresh, cheese bags. Mouthful.